to another edition of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Josh Corporal. And normally I would ask him right now to tell me his bio, but but I, I'm going to take the liberty right now to do a little bit of uh, that. I, I just want the, the pleasure of explaining a little background on how we got connected. But so I popped this guy up on Facebook and I see this intro that says sailor, entrepreneur, motorcycle vagabond, software developer, mechanical engineer and filmmaker. I mean, I was looking for astronaut, brain surgeon, and a few other things that you didn't list there. But I thought when I saw this guy's intro, I've got to get him on the show. I don't even know his backstory, but this guy has got stories to tell. So, Josh, welcome to Rising Tide. Yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here. And and all of those things uh, are true. And I had to leave some stuff out of there as well, so I'll, <laughs> I'll fill you in. But there's uh, we'll say been a... Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy kind of um, you know different eclectic journey up until this point. So I can't wait to unleash it. Well, let's get right into it. So so tell me, uh, are these like in chronological order, or is this you know you went from smallest word to biggest word, or how, <laughs> how did you list them in in order here? Uh, well, the sailing thing is is first because uh, you know for the most part, uh, certainly through the summer and for most of this winter, I'll be living on a boat. I have a 32-foot uh, sailboat called Albatross. Mm. It's a West Sail 32. And I'm just north of New York City. So uh, in the summer, it's great. We just sail around the Hudson. And I live on board and do all my work from the boat. Uh, and in the winter, you actually shrink wrap it with this clear plastic shrink wrap so it looks like this crazy greenhouse. And uh, and then I have a couple little space heaters, and it keeps the place nice and toasty warm, sub-zero temperatures. So, uh, yeah. That is, that's Okay, let's touch on that just real quick before you before you carry on. So, literally, is this com- completely sh- or just the bottom that you're... So, uh, it's, it's usually... So, you can only live on board in the water. So, the boat's still in the water. It's not pulled up and right. put on land or anything like that. A lot of people do that. Right. Uh, so, if it's in the water, then the shrink wrap is just on the top. Okay. Right? So it just covers everything like a bubble almost. And, uh, and that keeps, that traps a lot of the heat in the hull is insulated mm-hmm. on the inside. Right. So that also keeps a lot of heat in. Um, yeah, so it'll be like 85 degrees in there on, on a, on a day where it's, you know, 20 outside. Wow. That that's a, so does it trap humidity? It, it does. You have to keep the, you, typically you keep the air moving so that you don't get any moisture and mold and, stuff well i, I want to ask you to make sure you send us a picture that we can get those in the show notes of, of you in the boat and uh man go on to go on to uh job number two <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well so the sailing thing that's first because I, I love that and actually <clears throat> you know that's how i kind of got started with all of this was uh i was a tall ship sailor are you familiar at all with like the tall ship world like cutty sark type thing like yeah okay old traditional like uh sailboats essentially sure. traditionally right. rigged sailboats right. we, they got a lot of them on the chesapeake right <clears throat> well so that's what i did in my entire 20s uh i spent i was a professional sailor essentially so i worked and lived on board the, these boats and we sailed all over the world um <clears throat> and that's that's really where i learned a, a really fantastic sense of community communication and uh and, and confidence really in my abilities to, to do things. Cause you and see some weird too. stuff and conflict. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always tell people it's interesting. <clears throat> I mean, if you go to a nine to five job 
and there's this coworker that you just you know never get along with. You guys are always button heads. Uh, it's um, you know it's not quite the same when you get that same situation when you're on the boat. You live with that person, so it's not like you can go home and uh, and escape that. Right. You actually live with them, so you really do have to work that stuff out, and that helps. That definitely helps with the conflict resolution. And then same thing with just fighting the elements. Yeah. Like there's a lot of a lot of stuff that happens to you out there uh, that you just have to adapt and move on. You know. Well, I, I mean, I love the fact that you touched on that because that that really does speak to our audience and whatever whatever. Uh, industry they find themselves in or whatever work situation they find themselves in. I mean, it really speaks to conflict resolution because that is, I mean, that's probably the number one reason that teams break up or is, is because they, it, there's a conflict that, that just can't get resolved. And if, you know, how do you approach that? Like you're living together on a boat, you know, let, hey, guys, we're going to stay in this room until we get this worked out. So uh, either that or a knife fight. There you go. That's right. <laughs> all right. Let's let's go with Plan A first, and then you know if, if that's unsuccessful, then it, all bets are off. So, so you in your twenties, you were working on tall ships, and then this kind of led to just developing some other passions, or what was the next step? Yeah, I uh, I I got a so you when you do that kind of work, you um, the you know the natural the natural progression for that is to get your license. So mm -hmm. there's a you can get a Coast Guard license, captain's license. And so I did that, and I was a captain for a number, about a year, year and a half, um, driving sunset sail schooners in Key West and all kinds of stuff. And uh, rough life down there. Yeah. And uh, but then, but then you you kind of do hit a plateau after a while. I wanted something different, so uh, I I don't remember if this is number two or or, or whatnot, <laughs> but I I flew to New Delhi and um, quit everything. I quit the job and packed up all my stuff. And I, I flew to New Delhi and I bought a motorcycle in New Delhi and got all the – you have to fudge the paperwork and stuff because technically being a foreigner, you're not allowed to buy a bike like that and have yep. something registered. But uh, but then I just – I spent the next two months driving around the Himalayas in with this motorcycle and just – you know, just getting away from everything and, and like it was uh, just a really life-changing experience. Um, so, uh, so spent a lot of time there, came back and went back to get a master's degree in mechanical engineering. I went to Boston University. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so my undergrad was in Spanish and so the, none of the classes transferred over. So I ended up taking like a super crazy accelerated program to get into the master's and it took me a couple of years, but I ended up doing it. Uh, so then, you know, you get a job, like I had a ton of friends. Typically when you get your master's like that, you'll go work for GE or you know, sure. you'll go work for like Sun or something like right. that. I wanted something a little bit more adventurous, a little bit like more creative than that. So I found that there's an entire industry of entertainment related engineering. These are the guys that come up with the concepts for Cirque du Soleil, uh, oh, that wow. do all the engineering for just about every Stages, major show. everything, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So that's what I did for three years. Uh, that's what brought me here to New York, actually. So I, uh, we developed like everything from you know stuff for Beyonce, uh, all kinds of things for MGM. I spent a lot of time in China. We did stuff for you know magicians in Vegas, and we we were the ones that they would, they would come to you and say, yo. I've got Elton John. He wants to play a flaming piano over the audience and then like get launched into a giant mechanical dragon's mouth. How do we do this? 
And, uh, and we just, we were the ones that had to like figure out the physics involved with doing all that stuff. Uh, I, I got to stop you right here. I, I just have to remind our audience that, that you are not a figment of their imagination. This is a real human being <laughs> that we're talking to here. I mean, you mentioned just a second ago, you said something about, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to do the conventional route. And I'm thinking nobody's going to accuse you of that based on anything you said up to this point. I mean, you went from, let's say we're sailing on tall ships. So let's just go to the, go to uh, India, hop, you know, get a motorcycle and drive around the Himalayas for a couple of months as one does. I mean, just a yep. typical it's a natural, normal path. <laughs> natural path of life, you know? Oh, man, you're yeah. killing me. What a great so, story. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be quiet now. I told you I'm just going to sit back and, and just throw you little bombs and you just take <laughs> off. So, Well, so, like, you know, and a lot of this has to do with the entrepreneurial stuff because this, I feel um, what I'm doing now has has done nothing but benefited from um, from all of these types of experiences. Yep. Really, what it comes down to is just dealing with people. I, I found that if you had to distill it into one, one takeaway about all this travel and all of these, it's it's really just how you deal with people, mm. and then the next would be how you deal with adversity, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, because you there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. I mean, just to give you a quick example, in that Himalaya trip on the motorcycle, uh, this was in September, so it was like almost so the end of august all of september and almost all of october that i was up there and uh about late september they had a massive snowstorm and this is like right this is right on the border of tibet essentially mm -hmm. right and uh they had a, a really big unexpected snowstorm and it, it killed a number of people it was uh, probably about 50 or so people that were trekking up there were killed because wow. it was caught everybody off guard well there's only one road in and out Of, of this thing and it's not even a road it's just like it's more of a mountain path loosely classified yeah. as a road um it's more like a stream of water that you ride your motorcycle down <laughs> but uh but i managed to make it to a small town called kaza right before this storm hit and then was was stuck because this storm created all these avalanches and landslides and stuff totally mm -hmm. destroyed the roads on either side And no one knew whether or not how long it was going to take to get out. So I was stuck there for about two weeks. Um, and, you know, the water was running out. All of the Israelis somehow contacted the embassy and they had an Indian army chopper come and pick just the, the people from Israel up and took them away. You said, uh, of course we, I'm Jewish. <laughs> well, no, it was, it was crazy. It was funny because, like, it was a smart thing to do in retrospect, right? I mean, I kind of wished that I was on that chopper too. I'd thought about that, no. but uh, but you know, I had the motorcycle, and what was I going to do with it? I wanted to, you know, so uh, so waited it out, and the Indian Army cleared the road, and we're talking when they cleared the road, like you know, these snowbanks are like 20 feet on either side. They are ginormous, and uh, and so, but made it out of there. So those are the kinds of things where you can either say, this is horrible, this isn't how I planned it in my head. Or you can just go with the flow and make friends and uh, and just and make the best of the situation, you know. So. So what about so the house what, you stayed in? Was this a random house there? A family that was living in the house, or what was it? A hostel? What was the situation? They do guest houses in India, so it was a guest house, and really it was like nothing more than a um, room with kind some of, bunk beds. Yeah, like a plaster sort of thing with a thatched sort of roof mm -hmm. and. Like, you know, nothing special. Um, 
but uh but yeah like you know i learned how to knit uh you know like there's really not there's not much to do but they certainly know they've got a ton of wool they've got a ton of animals up there so you know learn how to knit from and an a old... lot of time yeah and a lot of time <laughs> exactly right so uh so that's you know that's the kind of cool stuff that all these experiences and it translates i think very well into the entrepreneurial world as we you know i i look back at the interviews we've had and and people are kind of talking about previous experiences and jobs they've had that kind of led to the the entrepreneurial end point or the the current state or window that they're in right now exactly what you just said i mean it, it is a beautiful mosaic of all these past experiences kind of coming together to make this 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 beautiful picture of what today is and you know you're you're a you're really kind of a, a conglomeration of everything that's happened up to this point and and that's probably being expressed through you know your current company but as as we're sitting here talking i mean you remember the movie a few years ago with ben stiller the the, uh, the secret life of walter mitty that's one of my favorites man i feel like that I'm, t- I'm talking to walter mitty here it's like you know you really you've never left your apartment there in new york you just made up all these stories it's what i gotta do to get on podcast exactly i have no idea there's not a town named what you just you made that up yeah no i'm just giving you a hard time it's just but what i mean what a great story but i, I do want to drill down a little bit on what you're doing now and if there's another story that's kind of leading into that then you know use that segue yeah yeah well so uh so anyway i while i was doing the um uh the mechanical engineering for all the entertainment related mm-hmm. stuff i uh i wanted i knew that that wasn't the right way like i didn't really like the office culture so much and i, I knew that i needed to kind of have an escape route so uh i started developing mobile apps okay and i made a couple of them and i realized very quickly that i didn't know jack about marketing at all <laughs> Now that becomes very clear. So, uh, so I started learning about it, and uh, and then I started helping people. I got into webinars. I think I heard it on a podcast somewhere, like the whole webinar thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, man, you know, compared to the engineering stuff we're doing every day, these webinars are like a cinch from the tech point of view. Sure. So, uh, so how about I just help people do that? And I did that for about a year. We did, man, I did so many webinars, maybe like one every couple of days. There was another webinar for somebody and uh, got really good at that. But you realize really quick that it's not about the webinar so much as it is the entire experience. Right. So you can have a great webinar, but if the traffic sucks or yep. the landing page isn't great, yep. you know, or the offer or whatever, uh, nothing was going to work. Right. And, and so it was only then that I started taking command of like the whole experience, which is what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And, uh, and and that that has completely changed the game for me. I've got a couple of long-term clients. I put together their copy, their graphics, all the technical stuff, um, and that's what kind of what led me now to the software development and okay. you know, creating a tool for all of this stuff, uh, et cetera. Now, is that is that Funnel Mappy? Is the Funnel Mappy the tool, or is that the company? Uh, Funnel Mappy is the tool. Okay. So, yep. what's the what's the the company that you were? Was it just you as an individual kind of solo startup, you know, Josh Corporal, I, I do webinars and I do the, you know, the whole system, kind of the whole funnel system and, and, you know, lead page through, through call to action to delivery and, and follow up and, you know, customer service type things. So, but right now you're developing or you have developed this tool called Funnel Mappy. So you want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, sure. 
I mean, to uh, to answer your question, like I at first I had Fortune Fit Pro, and then I evolved that into Webin Artistry, which and then I used that for a little while, and then I moved it to uh, Black Tie Webinar Labs, so it evolved like kind of the company name. Mm-hmm. But really, at the end of the day, it was just me, and so finally I just landed on I, it was Core Creative is the was the whole thing. So because my last name's Corporal, so right. uh, so yeah. Yeah, and that's that's really what I've what I've done in another. But quite honestly, I've never had to really advertise as a company mm-hmm. at this point because all everybody that I've ever worked with, it's all been referrals or word of mouth. Right. I, I don't, I've really never done any advertising on my own behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, now with Funnel Mappy, it's a little bit of a different story. Funnel Mappy came out of a need, my own need for organizing and sure. communicating all of the details of these like campaigns within different clients. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I built it actually for my own use, and then it was only until I started using it and people started taking notice that it kind of spread into a, a like something that the public could use or right. that other people could use. Right. Yeah. Is, would you say, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think what maybe a, would be an equivalent I mean, is is someplace like HubSpot is that a competitor, or is does HubSpot have a specific niche in your entire path or whatever? How how do you compare to something like a HubSpot or something like that? Sure, no, it's a good question. Like uh, this, Funnel Mappy is all about planning and organization. With with HubSpot, HubSpot actually does a lot of the integrating. You know, so they'll they'll make the connections and they'll send data from here to there, and you know, and and make sure that client contacts are updated their you know their right. uh, their information is updated and stuff with funnel mappy it's kind of a mix between a a dynamic whiteboard and, and some type of project management software like trello or yeah i was thinking of trello Asana. Asana, yeah something like that yeah right it's those two things combined so what i typically do like when i start a project i'll walk somebody through and we'll draw out um, visually will draw out the flow mm-hmm. of what we want it to be. And the other, the other kind of cool thing about funnel mappy is that it was built specifically for these sales funnels and workflows right. and stuff. So, you know, like uh, another competitor might be lucid chart, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, where you can draw these mind map looking things. Yeah. But the way that the way that it kind of works with Lucichart, they're just these ambiguous sort of shapes, and you then have to type in what they are. Mm-hmm. With Funnel Mappy, it's it's specific, like opt-in pages and sales pages okay. and stuff. Even to the point where um, I made these little things called software badges. So I I, ch- I picked just about every possible piece of software I could find in the marketing world and put them into Funnel Mappy, so that whatever you use. Um, like even to market this podcast, right? And whatever tools that you use to do that are most likely in there. So okay. when you have this big visual map, you can see what tools you're using and where they where they go in relation to the whole picture. Hmm. Uh, like icons for each of these, like their company logo type icons. To... Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, and then there's you know in each one of those elements, there's like a like an opt-in page for instance would be an element. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a to-do list. And there's notes, and I can hyperlink to things, and I have the URL right there. Mm-hmm. So if I'm showing a client, here's the path to purchase, I can say, here's the opt-in page, and just open that up, and it opens up a new tab with the actual page itself, right? So it just makes it just makes that whole process much easier um, right. to manage. 
is this is this part this is you talk about this being kind of the planning stage of of making this happen but is there some zapier connections or api or anything that that kind of connects to these these actual um like implementation you know pieces like you know do you connect to lead pages here do you connect to some kind of funnel software here you connect to some you know like uh in infusionsoft or something like that it's you know or mailchimp or any of these things that might fit along that pathway i mean do you is it is it simply like disconnected from them or is there any connection at all to anything that's actually operational yeah so currently there's no connection but we're mm -hmm. about 80% probably even more than that because we've already demonstrated it uh but we're we're very close to a zapier integration okay. so for instance um you know one of the biggest requests for for this was that people would make these maps and they'd have all their to-do lists and checklists and stuff mm -hmm. and then they wanted to because it's much easier to create those when you knew visually where they went yeah. in the, in the yeah, whole map. But then they said, okay, well, I use Trello, mm -hmm. right? Or I use Asana or whatever. I want to be able to export these to, to that so that I can assign them to my team members and, and things like that. And so that's originally why we made this Zapier connection was yeah. so that you can export all of that information and connect it to a project management software. Man, that I think that is great. I think that is that is such a... A wise idea um, because that that I can see that that you wouldn't lose somebody because they had a preferred you know client that they would use out there whether it's Trello or Asana or whatever so yeah um, yeah exactly and we never like I never set out you know my, my original vision was never to try and replace those guys as project management software they do it very well uh -huh. um, and uh, and besides like trying to convince other people to say, oh, no, 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 Asana, you don't really want that. You want Funnel Mappy. Uh, that was also, it took a lot of marketing dollars behind it to yeah. try and convince people. So, but what I wanted to do was definitely have the visualization, make the UI much, right. much cleaner, much easier to read. Um, it's very cool. Like, I don't know if you're familiar. Have you ever made one of those mind maps? Yes, or, absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. So one of the one of the cool things I really like about Funnel Mappy that I've never seen really anybody do is uh, is they, they I've got these things these like yellow diamonds inside the map and they they're kind of like yes no little mini goals you could call them and uh, and they represent stages of what you want people to do so for instance if you drive them to an opt in page the obvious question is like is, do they opt in and you can say yes or no and have different directions well if they don't then maybe you pixel them and you you know right. try to retarget them with a facebook right. ad and if they do maybe they go to an upsell page or there's some other thing that happens mm -hmm. point is is that you can add as many of these little mini goals as you want in your map and then when you hand this to either virtually or literally uh hand this to somebody that's kind of unfamiliar with what it is that you want they can not only see how all of this stuff is connected, but they can read those mini goals to get the gist of what you're actually trying to accomplish at every stage, right? That is something I've never seen any of these other guys yeah. do, and it helps so much, especially with clients. And yeah, so and it kind of keeps you on a timeline, or as you're as you're trying to building these out and and lets you know maybe where you are in the process as well. Yeah, yeah, and and it's. And as far as like timelines go, 
Like, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I build something for someone, it's not just a one and done right. Right, where you just hand them something and say, all right, good luck. Yeah. Uh, the, I guarantee that six months down the road, you're either going to want to change that a little bit to try something new mm-hmm. or it's working and you want to replicate it for a new product that you've got or a new idea. And, and good luck trying to recreate all of those things if you don't have it organized in one spot. That was yeah. my biggest my biggest hang up right. was uh, – so now I have all of these campaigns that we've done in a reference and I can say, oh, yeah, you know that free promo that we did last year and just look it right up. There's the visual. There's all the details. Like duplicate. And uh, hmm. yeah, it's fantastic. As you're describing this, it, it almost sounds like that it's it's not just an application but it's also an application that you're also providing kind of support and service alongside. Is that – is that true, or do I just take this? Do I just? Is it a subscription service? Is it a one-off purchase? I mean, how how would I get Funnel Mappy? Uh, it's a it's a subscription service. Okay. It's a, so yeah, it's um, uh, it, there you can get a map for free. So there's a it's a freemium model. Mm-hmm. So you could just you know try it out and everything. Right. And then there's a bunch of different really cool. Um, uh, types of types of things that you can do with funnel mappy exporting a pdf with all of the properties or right. you know removing the branding stuff like that right. and that's a that's a paid model i think it's nine nine bucks for five maps and then 19 dollars a month for just unlimited maps now are there also levels where you have ongoing support or somebody that's assigned as like a you know that's walking me through this or am i you know, you just have the demo files there and I, you know, here I, I just get the service and I just figured out on my own how to use this or how do you, how do you support the back end? Sure. Um, well, so right off of the bat, when you first sign up, there's a demo map that walks you through all of the things that you can do with Funnel Mappy, actually right. using Funnel Mappy. So it helps you in kind right. of two aspects. There's also a demo video that comes up in a tutorial that shows you where things are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's email support. I, and I put together a series of videos that walk people through the, you know, it's like a tutorial step, yeah. right? So they can do that. And then uh, very, I'm very close to implementing a uh, consultation, like a free 15 minute consultation right at the very beginning right. when you sign up. So just to get you on the right path and, and moving in the right direction. Um, and there's a, there's also a a private Facebook group that has a whole bunch of other like amazing resources and people that are using it and, you know, their maps and stuff to get inspiration. Oh, there's templates as well. So, uh, so if you just want like a PDF Mm opt-in, there's a template for that. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of resources and support to help you. And I would think that, you know, your, your client base is, is your best feedback. So even in the Facebook group, they're going, Hey, I didn't know how to get this work, but I, I tweaked it this way and it worked really well. And you're going, man, we didn't even we didn't even think of that when we designed this. So, you know, this is like in version 2.0. We're going to add this add these features in because people are keep asking about them or they're, you know, they they it's kind of like uh, having Linux out there. You know, people <laughs> kind of designing their own, you know, improvements on on everything that's that has, has been created. And you think that's a, that's the best way to make this better. Is it to, totally you hear is. back from the users. Yeah, no, that and that's that's exactly what like it is. It 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 amazes me. I mean, I had an idea about what this was going to be in my head when I first put it out there, and it has evolved so much now in mm-hmm. ways that I never would have thought possible. Um, 
I would say 90% of all of the improvements since about August have been completely user generated. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, all of their feedback. So the PDF properties, there's one where, um, you know, I, I built in the ability to, sh like if you and I were working together and uh, we made a map and I added you to my project, I can do that. I can add you to the email mm -hmm. so you have editing capabilities and mm -hmm. stuff as well. Well, you know, somebody came to me and said, you know, that's great and all, but I have a tribe of like 30,000 people and I want to create a template and share that with, as a link, right? But I also want if they, the, their ability, if they want to save that map to their own account, if they wanted to create an account, to create it and have that automatically saved, you know, to their, to their opening account, right? And so we built it in. And wow. so now you can, you can make these cool templates for your tribe and say, here's how to do it and here's a checklist for you at every stage and just send them a link. And, they'll just, and they don't even have to have funnel mapping to open it. They can open it with that, just in a normal browser and click and see all that other stuff. They just can't edit it right. unless they sign up, and then right. that thing is saved to them, and they've got that map. It's just, it's just cool. Things like that have been incredible. Plus, you've uh, exploded your email mailing list exponentially by by people signing up for these yeah. these services in these large tribes. Which you know, it's it's a win win. Yeah, it's a win win. Well, I, I I work in the kind of the product management space, so I I know that it's hard to to balance. Um, you know, what is the, what's the critical mass of feedback that you need to make tweaks? You know, I mean, you, there, one person could say, man, I really want this pink lever on the left-hand side. Well, <laughs> okay, you know, I'm glad you do, but we're not going to, we're not going to adjust that. But 50 people come back and say, you know, Hey, th if this had a pink lever on the side, we would use it twice as much. It would be so much more effective. Then you, then you say, okay, I, there's a critical mass here that says, you know, we get enough feedback that this is something we really need to need to consider and listen to here. So, yeah, I, I feel your pain, brother, on, on uh, <laughs> working through the, the feedback loop. I feel like loop. you get it. Definitely, like you get it. The because uh, we've had some pretty pretty strange requests too that we've had to be like politely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll put that on the development. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, that email got lost. I don't know where it went. It yeah. accidentally was deleted when I hit delete. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So well, let's, let's, uh, anything else you want to add about funnel mapping that I haven't touched on before we take, kind of take a little deeper dive into, into Josh world. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I think we, I mean, we covered it. I just, uh, I'm, you know, I'm super excited about it. It's, it's really, it's my, um, Again, it's. I think that it's so great. I, I think that people are getting so much use out of this because it was really a tool built for people that are like you know that are creating these campaigns um, by people that are creating these campaigns. Yeah. So everything that was that that is needed in the realities of what these these campaigns really are is being built into Funnel Mappy. So that's why I'm so stoked about it. Um, but yeah, I think we touched on a whole bunch of that stuff, so well, I'm good. I'm sorry, I've got one more question that, that just kind of popped in my mind as you were talking about this. And you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, kind of this whole idea of everything, you know, in life that kind of built on on this to kind of get you to this point. I understand that from a macro level, but from a micro level, tell me um, what were what was the, the specific trigger that that led you to this 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 particular product because i mean i can see okay it's a leap going from designing stages to doing webinars 
So what was kind of that, it's an easy leap to go from webinars to developing, you know, kind of thing, okay, now we're on the online space. What do we do with those webinars? How do we get people to opt in? How do we get people to follow up and buy the service or product or whatever? That's easy. The big, the big gap I've got is the developing, you know, the mechanical engineer developing stage, you know, uh, props, you know, for lack right. of a better term, to get to webinars. What was that trigger that said, was it just, I hate working for people and I, I got to work for myself and what, what can I do to make a living? Or what was that magic, uh, you know, transition? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. And I've never really thought about it like, like it this way, but I think that I have a pretty good answer for you. It's, you know, all of those things that I did required some measure of self-sufficiency, you know, and, and at first it was, was, you don't really realize that it is, you're just kind of surviving and just making it happen as you're going along. You know, you're not really, you're living in the moment so much, but then in retrospect, when you look back on it, you're like, I survived that. Uh, and, and you really start to gain a confidence in your own ability to solve problems. Right. It's really what it's all about. You will make money if you're able to solve problems. There's just no other, no other simpler way to, to convey it. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. So oh, if you, oh, sorry. if you, uh, you know, if you are good at solving problems, you could solve your own problems and then maybe transition into solving other people's problems. Then I thought to myself, there's no sense in me working for somebody else at this point. I can, I can figure this out and I can make stuff on my own. That was really, that was really the big trigger for me. Did you get to a point that you're thinking, okay, if not only I'm, I want to make this transition, but I've got to work on both sides of the equation that says, Okay, I got to figure out how to make money, but I've also got to figure out how to reduce my expenses to the, like the bare minimum, so I can, you know, it's it's so I can make this transition easier or whatever. So now I'm living in a VW van somewhere, and I've got I'm I'm stealing internet connect connection from Panera <laughs> Bread, you know, or something like that. I mean, what's did you did you have those moments and those thoughts? You're thinking, okay, how do I how do I go up, you know, full on OG minimalist here and and you know really set myself up for success by looking at both sides of the equation. Sure. I mean, I, I didn't go burn the bridges and just completely quit my job right. without, uh, you know, without knowing what I was going to do, right. At least right. having a plan, you know, uh, when I was, I mean, I worked on those apps while doing a full time job as the mechanical engineer. So, you know, you're, I, I was getting up at four thirty in the morning and I was doing three hours of work before I even got to work, mm. you know, and, uh, and maybe so, stayed up till midnight doing the same thing when you got home. Yeah. And it really was. And I, and it, at the time I was so excited about it that it wasn't really a chore yeah. so much. I was like super jazzed. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I look back on it and I, and I say to myself, it's that work ethic yeah. right at the very beginning. So, so I guess you've kind of got two choices. If you, if you do burn the bridges and just quit everything and you're just like, screw it, you know, I'm done. I've got this amount of money. Here's what I, I got to do that to make it work. Uh, I would 100% say that any money that you can put into really increasing your network, mm -hmm. that is money well spent. Mm -hmm. Every single time that I have that I have invested a bunch of money to 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 meet fantastic people mm -hmm. and really increase the network, uh, that has come back to me tenfold. Wow. So that's, that's where I would start. 
but I, you know, I, I sold everything and moved on to a boat. So that's the way I kind of nomaded it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, well, it's, it is such an inspiring story and, and man, I could, I, I could just turn the recorder off and just, let's just have the conversation the rest of the day. <laughs> but, uh, I do want to drill down just a little bit more and just kind of get inside your head a little bit. Is there, is there one person online that you would say is, is this person inspires me daily and here's why here's a one line why, why that, that is. Sure. Well, uh, I personally like people that I know uh-huh. like on a personal level right. and are doing it really well, both online and offline. Sure. So they're, you know, they're balancing. You know, everybody wants that, work-life balance they're doing it very well for me uh one guy that immediately comes to mind is ryan lee um if you uh, are familiar with him so ryan lee has been a really fantastic friend Mm -hmm. and just um has been like a you know a mentor and guidance for for me in the journey of how to balance all of these stresses and strains and things that happen to you um so i would say you know finding somebody like him and, and emulating them has been uh, invaluable. Was he like a coach, or did you meet him in, in this online space, or how did you guys get connected? Uh, I actually, I, I met him through a, I went to a program in, in New York. It was him, Dan Meredith, and Ben Settle, and they taught this thing. So I went there, and I didn't know him at all. Mm-hmm. I introduced myself, went up and introduced myself. And that was kind of it. That was like the end of it. But I was on his email list, so I was sort of following and getting his emails. And then he, he put out this one email just randomly. He said, uh, um, I'm going to have a bunch of people, like not a bunch, I'm going to have five or so people come to my house and we're going to do this pool mastermind thing. And and it was it was like three grand or something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know what? Screw it. It was two days. It was just like, I'll do it that was probably the best thing I could have ever done because not only did we start to become friends, but I showed him what I was doing and I actually, he hired me and, uh, and I started doing, you know, work for him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then that has just blossomed into a whole bunch of other great opportunities. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of how that came about. And you stepped into his network too. I mean, that's a, in essence, I mean, it's, it's exponential, you know, growth. It's kind of like a honeycomb that, you know, as you see that the cells being pieced together and all of a sudden you look and it's this, you know, huge network. So um, is there a life quote that you think, you know, that really inspires you got taped up on your computer, that type of thing? <laughs> uh, one of my favorites is the work teaches you the work. Hmm. I think I think more people need to live by that. Is that but, is that original or? No, uh, the, the I I heard that first by a guy named Bernard Moutassier, who was a really famous French sailor. Okay. Um, but uh, but you know it speaks to you know so many people get hung up and pause like man I know I should be doing Facebook ads but I don't or I know I should get this landing page up but I'm not because I don't really know how to do it and you're never gonna really know how to do it. Unless you just do it. The first the first couple times, you just have to do it and work and fumble your way through the whole thing to really learn. There's no, there's not going to be a book or a course or something that's going to magically teach you everything yeah. that you need to know. You just got to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so that has been a guiding light in my life. The work teaches you the work. I love that quote. There's a uh, there's a French author named uh, Antoine de Saint Exupéry, and he 
he has this uh, this kind of the, the whole idea behind rising tide but he says if you want to teach people how to build a boat you don't give them the i mean I'm, I'm paraphrasing you don't give them the the materials and the plans and tell them to go build a boat you take them and you talk about the the grandeur of the endless sea you know to kind of cast the vision for them you know to to be able to see the sea and then how do we get to the sea we have to build a boat to get there so I just yeah. I, mean, I kind of love that whole concept of as you mentioned the the French sailor that that yeah. mentioned that I mean I just think that that fits so well but if there's you could a, go, there's go one ahead. like there's actually one like just just like that that I heard uh, do you know who Naveen Jain did you ever hear that guy mm-hmm. right so he's a, a pretty famous um, he's a San Francisco Silicon Valley but an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, and tackles really big really big problems like like water right you know kind of thing. Uh, and he was asked one time, I heard this on a podcast, he was asked how he gets his kids interested in stuff like this. And he said, you know, it's not a question of trying to lead a horse to water and make them drink, you know, much like it would be to try and say, Hey, go build this boat. You know, it's, it's all about making the horse thirsty, right? That's what he tries to do. And, uh, and I feel like that's along the same lines. Absolutely. If you can get people interested in it, then the rest of it will take care of itself. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that absolutely fits. And, and, uh, as, cause we kind of transition into our final stage here. I want to take you back kind of like your pre startup self. And if you had had one piece of advice that you think would have, this would have been a game changer. If I would have known this when I tried to start, what's one piece of advice other than the, the idea that you mentioned earlier about, you know, putting putting money and putting re- resources into networking. That's you know, that's really paid off exponentially. But is there another piece of advice that you? Th- I wish I knew this before I started, and it would have made things so much easier. Yeah, uh, you know, I would. I certainly w- am inclined to say start earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even do the whole entrepreneurial thing until uh, um, until leaving the mechanical engineering job, which would have been. Like right at the end of 2015 is when I actually left and went off on my own. So I would have been uh, 35 mm-hmm. at that point. You know, but but I just didn't. All, of all those things that we talked about, and all those trips, and all those things about building confidence, the events, and and whatnot, I um, I always just had it in my mind that I needed to get a job um, in some way, and. And even though I had the confidence to create solutions to my problem, it took that long to get the confidence to say, I'm pretty confident that I can make my own money now. Uh, but I wish that I would have just tried that earlier yeah. uh, so to, to realize that I really could do it. And, uh, and I just, yeah, I wish I would have started a little earlier. <laughs> well, you, you said you kind of worked on it almost as a side gig, you know, to get it off the ground while you still had the, you know, you still had your, I guess, your job that was paying the bills type thing. I mean, it's almost the concept of, you know, a plane landing while another's taking off. You know, you always want to have planes in the air. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to land it and not have anything, you know, ready to take off. And it, as if you can do those simultaneously, it makes that transition so much easier. And, you know, yep. into whatever the next stage is. Plus, you've kind of proven the concept on a on a smaller level. You say, I, all I've got to do is scale this now. You know, I, I know it works. I'm, I'm working out the kinks as, as we're as we're putting things in place. And now let's, all I've got to do is kind of 10x this, and and I'm, you know, I'm in like Flynn here. We get this is this is yeah. a piece of cake. So, 
I, I love that that whole concept though about the idea that you know just start earlier we i've heard that over and over and over again and and you know they're like make mistakes you know fail fast fail forward you know every every time you fall down it's just a, another lesson on how to succeed you know it's not a failure it's a it's just another kind of scar that says yeah this is just making me more experienced as i'm as i'm stepping into this so yeah man as we as we wrap up today is there anything that i haven't asked you about that you want to kind of circle back with and just just leave us with um and also wanted you to kind of close it out with just tell us where you can we can be found online sure um well if i could leave you kind of in your audience with anything it's that there is a lot to be said there's a lot to be said of being kind of an entrepreneur these days and having a business online. And, you know, you're, you see a lot of people just having so much success with it on social media and talking about how it's, how easy it is. Just get a page up and right. And they will come <laughs> and it's pretty. And it's, yeah. And it's, and it's, once you actually do it, it becomes fairly obvious that it's not quite as easy and yeah. it does take a lot of hard work, but I can tell you that, um, what is, I feel just as important is getting out there and really just experiencing as much of life as possible, mm. whether it's whether it's uh, going out and, and, you know, going sailing, right? You know, just maybe once a week or, or, or going and taking a trip or hiking out in the, you know, in the mountains if you live close to, uh, you know, some hiking trails or something. Right. It really does expand your thought process. Mm. And some of my best ideas came from, from not sitting in front of the computer yep. grinding it out, yep. but but when I, you know, wasn't really thinking of anything other than, you know, just kind of in a meditative sort of state. Uh-huh. Uh, so there really is something to be said. And and when at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you're online or offline, all business is personal as in like it's always face to face. So the more FaceTime and comfortable you can get talking with different people who have different ideas and the, the better, the better you're going to fare, you know, whatever you're doing. So. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you you touching on that, and and I was listening to a video yesterday, and it talked about that very thing that some of the it's there's actual science behind the fact that some of your best ideas come in the shower, or they're coming yeah. you know when you're asleep, or when you're you know you're walking through the forest because it's it's you kind of checked out, and your brain is functioning in a different way than if you're if you're task oriented and trying to get something done, you know, sitting in front of your your Mac and say I, I've got you know. I got two hours to, to grind out here, but so, so tell us how we can find you online. What's the quickest uh, way? Yeah. So, um, so my email is Josh at funnelmappy.com. So you can always shoot me an email. Uh, and, uh, I have an Instagram handle, uh, it's at saltwater CEO. So that's, that's all the sailing related stuff. So you'll see pictures of me in the boat and, you know, the life living on board and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Funnel Mappy, you could just find, if you're interested in something like that, it's uh, funnelmappy.com, okay. all one word. Well, Josh, man, I have uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat today, and, and uh, you, you've certainly lived up to your, your Facebook intro and, and, <laughs> ex, and, and even more. So thank you for taking the time, and, and I know that this is going to be one of our you know, more popular episodes. We just People just want to listen and just hear the stories of, you know, the guy that, that drove a motorcycle in the snow in the Himalayas, you know, that is now, oh. now helping them, you know, with their sales funnels. So I mean, <laughs> what a, what a great story, but 
man, thanks for playing your part in just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Josh, have a great day. Yeah, thank you. You too.